Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Today is Monday, November 28th, 2022. China is rising up against communism after COVID lockdowns cause backlash and death. House GOP expands investigation agenda, vows to impeach Mayorkas. Elon Musk reveals who he's backing in 2024. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope that you had a very and deeply abidingly peaceful Wonderful Thanksgiving with you and your family and your loved ones and a tremendous amount of potatoes and gravy and meat and children and joy and family and good tidings to you. It certainly is a time where we can be thankful for our founding, thankful for the undocumented migrants that traveled here called the Pilgrims who founded uh, this country and who brought us so many incredible things. And we certainly do indeed give thanks. This is in spite of many flaws, still a wonderful place to live, filled with freedoms. And all you have to do is look across an ocean to see what happens when you don't have a country founded the way that ours was on individual liberty and on civil rights, human rights, simple rights that we take for granted every single day, like the rights of movement, the rights to decide for ourselves where we can live, where we should work, how we should worship. And yes, I know that we live in a censorship age, but how we can still speak freely certainly makes you thankful for Elon Musk these days. It certainly makes you thankful for the shows and the people who are beginning to break the barriers from those who wish to turn us into communist China. So let us turn to communist China and see what is happening there, ladies and gentlemen. Horrors beyond comprehension. Imagine if the government came to your house, welded you into your home and said, this is because of a virus. This is because of a virus of unspecified origin, but yes, we definitely created it. And you are now going to be locked into your house because we don't want you to get it. And then your house gets set upon a blaze. Let's say you don't have enough food. Let's say you don't have enough uh, water. Who cares? You're locked in there. Let's say a fire engulfs your apartment building. Well, it will just burn you alive because you've been welded inside. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. That's what happened in China, in Xinjiang of all places, the slave colony, the place with the Uyghur Muslim concentration camps. It's funny how uh, bitter irony can be at, at times. China uses this province in Western China in order to commit slave labor, torturous, with a Muslim minority people, the Uyghurs. Xinjiang is famous for that and for the province that Mulan was filmed in. Thanks, Disney. Great job. You know, Disney actually thanked Xinjiang, slave province, for letting them film Mulan there, just in case you're wondering where Disney's bread is buttered. But that's that's another open, ladies and gentlemen. What happened that kicked off this massive multi-million person protest across China, the likes of which we have never seen before, this makes Tiananmen Square look puny in comparison, is that people were locked and bolted inside of their apartments. In fact, we have footage of what it looks like when they are bolted inside of their apartments. This is, this is what it looks like when the Communist Party shows up and locks you in your own house for fear of a virus that they created. Clip B, go. There is the Communist Chinese Party literally welding people into their homes. That is what they do to prevent COVID in China. Now, what happened was in Xinjiang province, a massive apartment building was burnt down to the ground and people were locked in their apartments and cooked alive. We have footage of that horrific event and the aftermath. 
Clip B2. Go. That is the locked door. You saw those wires pulling the door handles shut. So if you didn't have enough water, if you don't have enough food, you will starve to death. And if a fire engulfs your building, which is what happened in the capital city of Xinjiang, again, the slave concentration state in China, then you will be cooked alive. And a dozen Chinese, at least, were killed inside of their apartments as they were locked in by the Communist Chinese Party. The Communist Chinese Party sentenced these uh, Chinese people to death through their insane COVID zero policies that was created by dictator Xi Jinping. He is not the Chinese president. He is a dictator. He is serving an unprecedented and illegal third term, five-year term as dictator. The Communist Chinese Party has an obsession with having zero COVID. That means that no one can get COVID. And if you get COVID, then it is a black spot. You will lose any shred of civil rights that you currently have. Is it starting to sound familiar to you? They did this in the West until we stopped them. Well, what happened is this has led to a white paper revolution, the killing and slaughtering of these people, locking them in their home. The zero COVID policy is leading to something called the white paper revolution. The white paper revolution is Chinese people holding up pieces of white paper in the streets because the white paper represents nothing. It represents a blank sheet of paper. It represents worthlessness. And that is what these COVID tests are being called worthless. Their policies are worthless. The white paper represents nothing, which is simply a statement of this, this dictatorship and the policies of torturing their own people for nothing. It is the policy of pain. It is the policy of control. The white paper revolution looks like this. Clip D, white paper revolution. Actual bravery, real bravery. You want an indication that we have a creator? You want an indication that there are such a thing as universal human rights and that inside of every human soul, God put a spark of freedom? Look at that. That's real bravery. There were anti-lockdown protests here in the West. Those protests were not a scintilla as brave as those Chinese people speaking out against their government because they live inside of a dictatorship. We still have a shred of human rights here in this country, and they are universal. That's true bravery. And millions joined in these protests starting yesterday from Shanghai to Beijing. These protests broke out across China. These people are taking their lives in their hands. Here's the breaking news. Clip A, go. Watch this story now. Wave of protests in China, unlike we have seen there in decades. Check it out. Remember now, this is communist China. This is in Shanghai, but there's video from multiple cities throughout the country calling for an end to the government's zero COVID lockdown policies. Some even calling on the Chinese President Xi Jinping to step down. The protests come after a deadly apartment fire about a week ago. Protesters saying that lockdown measures slowed first responders. The BBC says Chinese police assaulted one of its reporters who was covering the protest in Shanghai and held him for several hours before releasing him. This does not happen under communist China rule, but it's happening right now. How long it goes is very difficult. Yeah. How long will it go? Will this collapse? The already frayed? an eroded Chinese communist system. The Chinese system is built on fraudulence. That's why they have to be such brutal authoritarians. The Chinese system is built on Fagazi, Fagazi. None of it's real. The apartment buildings inside of China, they aren't real. The property that is being sold inside of China, it's not real. The economy is not real. None of it is real. It's fraudulence. The Chinese communist party is a paper tiger. 
We're very proud of our growing company here at The Benny Show. We're very proud of our growing audience. And for that, we have you to thank the listener. But we wouldn't be able to do this show without the technology that backs the show up. And the most important piece of technology is our cell phones. It keeps a news show like ours up and online. It keeps our team of 15 people connected in and out during this crazy news era and certainly during our live broadcast. And so that is why we trust Pure Talk to keep us connected and to keep us in the black as a company because Pure Talk allows us to run a smooth operation, a connected operation, and a quick operation at The Benny Show. There's literally no reason to pay for AT&T or T-Mobile or Verizon, 80 bucks a month. Switch to Pure Talk for half the price. Blazing fast data at 30 bucks a month. We use it at The Benny Show and you should too. Pure Talk wants to keep the customer happy and Pure Talk loves America. It's a company that's founded by a U.S. veteran and they create jobs here in America. It's a company that supports me and my values. I invite you to switch to Pure Talk just like our company did. It'll take you as little as 10 minutes. Show corporate America that you're done funding leftist policies. Go to puretalk.com and enter the promo code Benny to save 50% off your first month. Again, puretalk.com, promo code Benny to make the switch to Pure Talk. None of their economy has any type of sound structure to it. And as a dictator begins to lose power and as the house of cards fall inside of China, as the erosion of the Chinese system begins, expect these dictators to crack down with authoritarian brutality. As was mentioned there by Fox News, a BBC journalist was beaten in the streets. This man was British. We have footage of it here. Clip B4. Hey, hey, are you okay? Barry, call the consulate now. You can hear him in his British accent demanding to be taken to the consulate. This man was wounded. He has been released to British authorities. The Chinese Communist Party is cracking now down on foreigners. When will nations learn? This system is evil, and it is the same as all evil communist dictatorships. It is built upon fear and upon power and upon the abuse of its citizens, the, the, the images coming out of China are wild. There are drones, police drones that are running through cities and spraying people with an unidentified liquid. What the hell is going on? Drones spraying people through the streets run by the government, machines spraying people with mysterious liquids as they stand on the streets. Check this out. Do you hear the people standing in their apartment buildings going, what is that? What are they doing? Do you want the government to come through your neighborhood without your permission and masked goons to shoot white chemical powder at your house, at your children, where your children play? This is the future that many on the left want. This is the future that many on the institutional left demand here in America. And we're going to get to that because there are large verified journalists and accounts calling for and praising China for this activity, beating journalists, locking people in their homes so that they are burned alive, spraying them with having machines, having robots go through their neighborhoods and spray them with mysterious liquids and then boarding up their businesses. Ladies and gentlemen, it's hard for us to sit here aghast as we have looked across the nation and this nation shut itself down in the greatest act of stupidity and malevolence towards our own people in my lifetime. There will never be a worse thing to ever happen than the two weeks to slow the spread. Shame on every person. And I like Donald Trump a lot. I care a lot about my party and I care a lot about you, the audience. It was shameful. Everyone should hang their head in a bag who fell for that scam two weeks to slow the spread. That's communism. The government has no right to shut down your business. There is nothing constitutional about it. It was a true evil. I am looking forward 
there is a five-year limit on these class action lawsuits. And I truly hope that millions of businessmen and women join together to sue our federal government into oblivion for what they did to us. They shut down our businesses. They destroyed our children's learning. They destroyed an entire generation of children's lives. The predations of our government and the vindictive, evil bastards who run it all but wrecked the American experiment in one fell swoop and hang your head in a bag. Eternal shame to you. You better bow your heads and apologize, Republican, Democrat, independent, or otherwise. If you had any part in this, a pox upon your house, shame upon you. And we must never, ever forget that our government did this to us. What China does is they put up barricades around businesses. Now, we put up yellow tape around parks. You remember the footage of the guys getting arrested for paddleboarding? The children getting arrested, the parents getting arrested for letting their kids play on the playgrounds. We were no better than communist China. No better. The difference is that communist China has continued these policies through their major COVID outbreak. China did not have a major COVID outbreak, at least not that they reported, but they are having one now. And so they are simply using the same tactics that our government used against us. Shame on us. What they do is they put up these blue barriers around businesses and places that they don't want you to go. They put up physical barriers. Now, we did the same thing. A pox upon our household. Shame upon us. Repent. We did the same thing. In China, they're doing it now, and it looks a little different. They put up giant plastic blue barriers. A man who has a restaurant in Wuhan had blue barriers put up around his restaurant overnight. He comes in and suddenly his restaurant's just locked down by the government. His reaction is truly legendary. I hope this guy uh, stars in the, I don't know, next Marvel movie. Check it out. Hell yes, King. Where's that guy's restaurant? What's his restaurant? Panda Express? I don't know. Can I get some? I want some. Whatever he's eating, give me some of that. I want it. Good for you, man. Plus, the karate kick? Legendary. He's not the only one. People are going through and destroying these blue barriers, which are sort of the iconic image of the Chinese Communist Party's Orwellian rule over its people. They set up these blue barriers where you're just not allowed to go because of COVID. And people are now taking uh, a deep resentment and attack towards those blue barriers, using them as sort of a uh, totem to be destroyed in their destruction of the Chinese government. Watch. Hell yes. The people in China know what's up. Patriots in China know what's up. And in case you wonder if we, again, have a unifying creator that puts inside of each individual a spark for freedom, look at dictatorship communist China and the way that these people are acting. God bless them. This is like our American revolution and we must support them. In Wuhan, where this virus was originally cooked up with the help of Dr. Fauci, the people are chanting, it started in Wuhan, it ends in Wuhan, and are going directly at government entities. The images are stunning. Watch. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you must hear from me just how unbelievable this is. It's not allowed. So what you're seeing here is not allowed. In America, we're used to protests. Certainly in these days, we're used to these big movements that march through the street, a long civil rights history and everything. Martin Luther King is illegal in China. You're not allowed to be Martin Luther King in China. You're not allowed to have an anti-lockdown protest with Robert Malone in China. You're not allowed. BLM can't exist in China. You could argue the validity of it, but it's legal here in America, right? You can't do it. You're not allowed to be Patrice Kalours in China. It's illegal. There are no grassroots movements that spring up in order to defy the government. And so these people are taking their lives, their careers, their very souls in their own hands, and they are uniting together by the multi-millions across China. 
Reading to you from the Daily Mail here, demonstrators, demonstrations erupted in at least seven cities, Shanghai, Nanjing, Guangzhou, with violence breaking out between local cops and furious protesters. Largest demonstrations were in Shanghai, home to 26 million residents, boldly demanding Xi Jinping resign. Officers used pepper spray about against the protesters. According to witnesses, Western journalists reported the numbers to be in the thousands of individual protests. Meanwhile, last night, hundreds gathered to mourn the deaths of 10 people in an apartment fire in the Xinjiang region, where residents were sealed in their buildings to try and stop the spread of COVID. Welcome to the all-important election month of November, ladies and gentlemen. What do people care about? in this month. Well, polling shows that 7 out of 10 Americans think that inflation is the number one issue in America right now, and they are correct. Politicians are always talking about kitchen table issues. Well, what's on your kitchen table? Groceries. How's your grocery bill doing? How about the gas to get those groceries? How's your gas prices where you live? Inflation is rampant, and it's insane. It's only caused by one thing, the communists in Washington, D.C. spending too much money. That is why my family hedges against the withering effects of inflation on our savings by investing in gold. We invest in gold with our dear friends at Birch Gold. They have helped us protect our savings from 40-year high inflation. Text Benny to 989898 for your free info kit on diversifying into gold. Plus, when you do this by the end of the month, by Black Friday, you'll get a free gold bar with each purchase. Man, it's nice to open up my security deposit box and see those gold bars glistening. See something that Joe Biden cannot destroy. Ladies and gentlemen, I went gold and I'll never go back. Go gold today. Invest in something of real value with my friends at Birch Gold. Text Benny to 989898. It really isn't lost on me, the irony that Jin Yang is where the concentration camps are. And it may lead to the end of the communist regime. China launching another mass crackdown on the virus with crippling lockdowns put in place across the country nearly three years after the pandemic started there. Nation reported another 39,000 new cases spread across the country, 4,000 in Beijing alone. It's ill-equipped to deal with the latest battle using its own vaccines. I mean, whatever, the Xinjiang region uh, to open up parts of the capital, which had been subject to punishing zero COVID lockdowns for more than three months. The zero COVID lockdowns, ladies and gentlemen, the cruelest experiment in humankind. An experiment that the soulless rat doctor, Dr. Fauci, wanted to continue on the American people. Just a reminder, as you watch these clips out of China, this is what they want to do to you here. It's their goal. They say it loudly. The purpose is to turn America into China. They applaud the Chinese. Dr. Fauci applauding the Chinese this year for their policy, for these policies that lock people into their homes and slaughter them. Dr. Fauci, in his own words, China is the model. In case you wonder if you are led by deeply malevolent cretins who hates you. Watch. How concerning is the outbreak in China? We see the lockdown in Shanghai and the State Department now ordering families out, all non-essential workers out of Shanghai. Well, China has, has a number of problems, two of which are that their complete lockdown, which was their approach, a strictest lockdown that you'd never be able to implement in the United States, Although that prevents the spread of infection, and remember early on, they were saying, and I think accurately, that they were doing better than almost anybody else. But lockdown has its consequences. You use lockdowns to get people vaccinated so that when you open up, you won't have a surge of infections because you're dealing with an immunologically naive population to the virus because they've not really been exposed because of the lockdown. The problem is that the vaccines that they've been using are not nearly as effective as the vaccines that are used in the United States, the UK, EU and other places. Dr. Fauci saying that 
China is the model is enough to get that man drawn and quartered and put into lockdown himself in Guantanamo Bay. And we really do hope that Republicans in Congress pursue where COVID came from. What are the origins of COVID? Where did this madness come from? Well, we know for a fact that Dr. Fauci, through the EcoHealth Alliance and Peter Daszak, funded the grotesque research on super viruses inside the Wuhan Virology Laboratory. He paid for it. Dr. Fauci paid for it. And that that laboratory is where, and this is a consensus scientific belief, this virus or originated, and they've mapped out the genome of the virus. This is simply a mutant virus that was put together on a bat coronavirus from a horseshoe bat. They took some of them, they took the spike proteins, they bonded them together, and they made a super virus. And that super virus got out. Was it a le was it a leak? Was it malevolent? I don't know. But certainly, uh, we could look into it. And that would be very, very nice. Dr. Fauci doesn't want that to happen. You all saw Corinne Jean-Pierre rush to his aid, screaming last week that you're not allowed to ask Dr. Fauci. How dare you ask Dr. Fauci about the origins of COVID that he certainly funded and created? So we must get to the root source of all of this. This should have never happened. COVID should have never happened. None of this should have ever happened. It benefits a very small group of evil people that want to destroy your life. And one of them is Taylor Lawrence. Taylor Lawrence is a reporter for The Washington Post. Taylor Lawrence is a hypochondriac freak who spends her entire time, even though she's 71 years old, spends day and night trolling conservatives on TikTok and on Twitter and trying to get them canceled. Now, Taylor Lawrence is working on canceling herself, I suppose, as she goes after her own paper, The Washington Post, for criticizing the Chinese COVID zero policy. Taylor Lawrence claims the U.S. is killing millions of vulnerable people by not locking down. That's right. Taylor Lawrence, her tweet, we will toss it up here, is saying that the United States is killing vulnerable people because they're not locking down like China. Here's Taylor Lawrence praising China. In case you're wondering what side these people are on, we will prove it to you uh, very definitively uh, uh, once and for all on this show. There's no lasting natural immunity to COVID. You get COVID over and over again because uh, there are so many endless evolving strains. I'm reading to you from Taylor Lawrence's tweet. And antibodies wane. Also, choosing not to kill off millions of vulnerable people, as the U.S. is doing, is a critical flaw, Lawrence wrote. So keep attacking your own publication, Taylor. Let's see how it works out for you. Didn't, uh, didn't work out. Didn't work out great. La uh, your last job, New York Times, but we'll see. Third time's a charm. Twitter users, um, also there's plenty of plenty of Substack jobs at Mastodon, Taylor. You can certainly apply for them. Twitter users were appalled that Lawrence would seemingly defend the authoritarian country's lockdown. Why? Why are you appalled? Taylor Lawrence is a perfect communist apparatchik. She uses and wields the power of state-run media organizations to destroy innocent people for wrong things. That is exactly what the Communist Chinese Party does. The Communist Chinese Party does exactly what Taylor Lawrence does. She shows up at people's house. You remember this? She showed up at people's house to try and troll libs of TikTok. She was showing up at their relative's home to try and put a target on their relative's back. The libs of TikTok, one of our favorite accounts. They just go through and all libs of TikTok does is go through and notice what the left is doing, their freakish behavior. Taylor Lawrence goes up to their actual homes. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is what the Chinese government is doing. We have for you here a creator. I don't know uh, who this creator is, but this guy was able to pull out a video from Foxconn. Uh, this is Foxconn is the company that makes iPhones, right? This is one of the largest and most important employers in China. And this is how Foxconn is treating their workers. So there was a COVID outbreak in the iPhone factory. They sent all the workers away. And here is how the Chinese authorities are treating the Foxconn people's private possessions inside their home. In case you're wondering if private property in China is an illusion, well, we have this video, this video for you. Watch. 
literally looks like the apocalypse has just begun in China right now. Eerie videos have been coming out of China today showing completely trashed and empty streets of the Foxconn factory residences. The factory was the world's largest iPhone manufacturer and was home to around 200,000 workers. But in a matter of weeks, that numbers reportedly dropped by a staggering 40 to 50 percent. See, recently the factory was placed in lockdown. So in fears of being trapped at work, thousands of workers had to flee so quickly that they didn't even have time to bring their belongings with them. And what you're seeing is Foxconn are essentially now going into workers' apartments and throwing all of their belongings out of their windows because it's easier than just carrying it down the stairs. Okay, so how is that any different from what Taylor Lawrence does? Taylor Lawrence goes, invades someone's private residence, and tries to destroy their life. This is just China acting on the greatest and most instinctual intentions of little, sad, miserable, cretinous, depraved individuals like Taylor Lawrence. And as people like Taylor Lawrence, weak, frail, neurotic individuals like Taylor Lawrence who end up getting power inside of these dictatorships and then being so cruel. She's a cruel individual. She's demanding Chinese-style lockdowns for you because she doesn't care if you burn alone in your apartment after your door's been welded shut. Joe Biden, for his part, has said nothing about this. Joe Biden has said nothing. Joe Biden doesn't support the Chinese revolution. Joe Biden is irredeemably compromised by China. He is not allowed to say this stuff in public. Joe Biden is not allowed to come out in favor of the people who are demonstrating on behalf of what we would call American rights, universal rights, human rights, not a peep from the White House, not a peep. Joe Biden's too busy calling you a terrorist for wearing a MAGA hat. Joe Biden's too busy going through line by line of the Second Amendment and trying to to destroy it so that we can have a Chinese-style lockdown here in America. Major difference? Second Amendment exists here. Wouldn't work out great for the U.S. government. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Joe Biden, in fact, worked against anti-COVID protesters. We have this story here out of Canada back in the day. Remember the great honking beginning of this year? Joe Biden actually worked with the Canadian government to shut down the Freedom Convoy protests in February. U.S. President Joe Biden and his administration pressured the Canadian government to shut down the Freedom Convoy protests. According to testimony in public inquiry of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, Emergencies Act used uh, against the trucker-led protest against lockdown restrictions in February, U.S. President Joe Biden and the U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, among others, urged the Canadian government to clamp down on the peaceful protests. On February 14th, Mr. Trudeau took the unprecedented action of using emergency powers to clear the truck blockade in downtown Ottawa using extreme measures such as freezing the bank accounts of protesters, the kind of stuff that they do in China. According to the inquiry, which was established to determine the drastic measures were justified, the decision to implement the Emergencies Act came three days after Trudeau spoke on the phone with Joe Biden, who reportedly expressed his concerns over the potential trucker protests spreading to the United States. So what you have here is Joe Biden acting against the universal and human civil rights of people in Canada, and it gives us every indication that Joe Biden is probably doing this right now in China. Joe Biden is probably absolutely on the phone with Xi Jinping saying, one, thank you for the investment in my cokehead son's company. Two, how can I help you erode the human rights of these evil protesters protesting your presidency, Mr. President? Mr. Dictator? By the way, I got 81 million votes. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden, evil, on, on like truly like, well, this is what he's doing. Joe Biden saying that he's very, very, very worried that a trucker protest could potentially come to America. Well, guess what, pal? That's what our country is built upon, actually. The ability to have people march in the street and speak freely against our government and against these practices. 
Joe Biden on the sides of the dictators. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why we are extremely excited that the GOP in their bid currently uh, to remake the federal government is going in hard on a leadership race that will fight fire with fire. And there is a lot of fire out there in the political landscape. We need strong leaders now more than ever. Joe Biden potentially needs to be impeached. Joe Biden's entire administration needs to see the extreme scrutiny and scorn of a congressional subpoena. Kevin McCarthy is having a tough time clinching the speaker's gavel and is currently going through his own fire right now. Kevin McCarthy needs 218 votes. And because Kevin McCarthy and the failure of congressional Republicans to win a ton of seats, which they could have absolutely won 50 seats, but they refused to do the work and to modernize, instead creating slush funds for their consultant buddies and winning zero real shocker seats, barely holding on to seats like Lauren Boebert's seat in Colorado, which Kevin McCarthy didn't lift a finger to help our girl Lauren. Well, now Kevin McCarthy is finding it very, very hard to get the speaker's gavel, and rightfully so. McCarthy launched his effort to become a speaker earlier in the year in a closed ballot vote in the conference. At the time, he only earned 188 votes. Yikes. That's 30 votes short of what he needs for the 218 to become speaker. Andy Biggs ran against him. I cannot vote for Kevin McCarthy as House Speaker, Biggs tweeted earlier this month after launching his bid for the gavel. I don't believe that he will ever get 218 votes. Other Republicans to oppose McCarthy were uh, Ralph Norman, uh, Norman of South Carolina, Matt Gates, Bob Good. Dude, you can't lose this many Republicans. Marjorie Taylor Greene and Jim Jordan have supported McCarthy, so we'll see what happens. Uh, but the only way to victory for Kevin McCarthy is to listen to the base of the party, the hard line of the party. He needs to listen to members like Ronnie Jackson. Ronnie Jackson is from uh, Texas. He is a total badass. He's the former doctor of Donald Trump. And Ronnie Jackson is saying that they will absolutely impeach Secretary Mayorkas for the open border. Ronnie Jackson would know a lot about that being from Texas. This is what Jackson had to say this weekend on Fox. So is the House going to impeach Mayorkas? Absolutely. We're going to start the process. Uh, he has to go. I mean, there's been no accountability, accountability Sean, in this in, in the administration for anything that they've done, whether it's been the economy or COVID or the disaster overseas in Afghanistan or our border. Mayorkas has got to go. So we're going to start the process of investigating him. We're going to investigate every decision he's made. We're going to use the power of subpoena. We're going to use the power of the purse. And we're going to come after Mayorkas. And he needs to go. We need to make an example of Mayorkas. And he'll be just the start of what we do in this in this new Congress but he's absolutely got to go. He's been a complete, absolute disaster, and he has been the lead on making this happen, the, the border uh, being the disaster that it is. This, let's make no mistake about it. This could not be happening without Biden. Biden and Mayorkas, they are the traffickers in chief right now. Well done. Good messaging. The traffickers in chief. When asked if the GOP is serious about impeaching Mayorkas, Jackson said, absolutely. We are going to start the process. He has got to go. Accountability, accountability, accountability. This is what will win the gavel for Kevin McCarthy. Nobody is super excited about Kevin McCarthy. We speak to the base every single day. You are the Republican base. You are the actual people who are active in this party. You are the ones who care. And you do not want Alejandro Mayorkas to have any power any longer in this nation. He is the world's largest human trafficker. What Joe Biden is doing to our nation, again, is truly evil. Why would China need to fight us on a battlefield when they can just pour fentanyl into and across our borders and into the bloodstream of our children? People who don't take this stuff seriously need to go inside of our party. I tweeted this morning an image of Mitch McConnell and Republican leadership, if you can call them that certainly shouldn't, in Ukraine while we were losing the Senate in Nevada and in Arizona. These people are not concerned about Republicans ever having power again because they're not actual Republicans. They're statists who are simply emissaries for the Uniparty. They have to go. James Comer is not one of those people. James Comer is the oversight committee chairman. He says he's going to investigate 40 or 50 different things this weekend. This just strikes fear inside of the regime. James Comer of Kentucky, who's, man, becoming quite a badass, becoming a bit of a hero. We didn't know much about Comer before this, but boy, he's come out swinging like a 
bare-knuckle brawler. He said on Sunday on NBC's Meet the Press that the House Oversight Committee has 40 to 50 things to investigate. Anchor Chuck Todd, <laughs> gasping, said, assuming you're chairman of the Oversight Committee, will you have a bunch of things to investigate? Will you focus on just one? What you going to do? And here is Comer's answer, a thing of beauty. Watch. Assuming you're chairman of the Oversight Committee, you've got one investigation you get to focus on. If there's just one, I know you've got a bunch you want to do. What's the one? Well, we're going to investigate between 40 and 50 different things. We have the capacity. Uh, we'll have 25 members on the committee, and we're going to have a staff close to 70. So uh, we have the ability to investigate a lot of things. And, and let's just face it, Chuck, over the past two years, the Democrats on the House Oversight Committee haven't investigated anything in this administration. They've investigated the Washington Commanders football team. Uh, we've had several hearings on social issues that the Oversight Committee has absolutely nothing to do with, issues like abortion. Uh, we believe that uh, there have been hundreds of billions, if not trillions of dollars wasted over the past three years. So that spans two administrations in the name of COVID. Uh, we want to have hearings on that. We want to try to determine uh, what happened with the fraudulent unemployment insurance funds, the fraudulent PPP loan funds, uh, some of this money that's being spent for state and local governments in, in the COVID stimulus uh, monies. So right. these are things that are going to be priorities for us as a committee. Waste fraud abuse and mismanagement that's going to be the goal of the house oversight committee good for you man dude we can't wait to get james comer on the show we've made multiple requests along with jim jordan they're busy men right now the democrats are going to try and ram through a ton of communism lock you in your homes light them on fire during this lame duck session in december keep your eyes peeled we certainly are for this happening it will be bad democrats are going to try and ram through backdoor amnesty they're going to try and get, shred the second amendment we must fight them ladies and gentlemen this december they're going to try and do this stuff on christmas eve when nobody's paying attention they want to turn this country into communist china so who we choose to lead us very very important choices who does elon musk back we certainly support elon musk who does Elon Musk back for 2024? Well, Elon said this weekend that he supports Ron DeSantis, Elon Musk, Tesla, SpaceX, and now Twitter CEO, says he'd support DeSantis for 2024 presidential primary, although it's still unclear if the Florida governor is intending on running. Musk describes himself as a moderate Republican, relatively recent development. He told followers that he reluctantly backed Biden over Trump in 2020. Should be unforgivable. But my preference in 2024 presidency is somebody sensible, a centrist, and I hope that that would be the case for the Biden administration, but it has disappointed so far. announcement comes shortly after a uh, Twitter poll <laughs> on uh, the issue. We have the tweet here from Elon Musk. Uh, here's him saying, hey, would you support Ron DeSantis in 2024? Proud elephant tweeting and Musk saying yes. What do you think, ladies and gentlemen? Who are you behind in 2024? We want you to know, light up the comment section here. Uh, it seems like the battlefield is beginning to materialize, and certainly there has been already a considerable amount of drama. Who is the choice to lead us into the future is going to be so incredibly important. But we would state this, as we have always stated, it is good to have a refining fire. Republicans owe no one any. You as an American owe no one anything. You owe no politician anything. George Bush, Abraham Lincoln, Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, you owe none of them anything. We do not live inside of a fealty. We do not live inside of a dictatorship. We do not live inside of a kingdom. These people are not kings. They are your representatives. You should demand that they be tough. You should demand that they be strong. You should demand that they be smart. You should demand that they represent you. They work for you. They kneel to you. You are the power, not them. Nobody is bequeathed or given or earned any of this except for the voters giving it to them. And so, ladies and gentlemen, let us make sure that as a party, we are sharp and we need to be sharp and we need to be led by better people when it comes to leaders like Mitch McConnell in the Senate. Again, just repulsive this morning. I just could not believe that photo with him and Zelensky in the midst of the 2022 election cycle when he refused to help out Nevada and Arizona. It's 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 stuff that reflects extremely poorly, quite frankly, on our party, having unserious leaders. And most importantly, this enough defense, enough apologizing, enough con condemnations. 
Offense, offense, offense. Every day, all the time. Offense. Enough. Enough weaklings that sit there and cower and quiver and shake because a news article in the Washington Post, the illustrious pages of the New York Times, written by Taylor Lawrence, herself a dictator, uh, might actually hurt their feelings. Speaking of hurt feelings, ladies and gentlemen, and to dictators, <laughs> including cars built by dictators, Alyssa Milano with the self own of the century this weekend saying that she's ditched her Tesla for a Nazi-built, Hitler-inspired Volkswagen. Very good. Great job, Alyssa Milano. Uh, true self-wreck of the century, leftist celebrity Alyssa Milano brutally mocked for her epic virtue signal fail after announcing her decision to swap her Tesla for a Nazi-founded Volkswagen <laughs> to disassociate from hate and white supremacy. <laughs> Ooh, we had some fun this weekend on Twitter. Please follow along at Betty Johnson. We're at 1.1 million followers and counting. We've gained 257,000 followers just this month, and we are having a riot on Twitter. Follow along. We just absolutely destroyed Alyssa Milano this weekend. Alyssa Milano uh, described herself recently as a proud Tesla owner, but she took to Twitter to tell the world that she's turned in her Tesla vehicle and purchased a Volkswagen instead. <laughs> Gave back my Tesla and bought a Volkswagen EV. I love it. She wrote, in addition, she expressed being unsure about how advertisers can buy space on Twitter. Publicly traded companies and products being pushed in alignment with hate and white supremacy don't seem to be a winning business model. However, Milano was reminded on Twitter that Volkswagen, Europe's largest car manufacturer, was founded in 1937 by the German labor front under the direction of Adolf Hitler and the National Socialist Party. People forget the Nazi actually stands for socialist. The 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 Nazi, you know, the S part in there that 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 stands for socialiste. They're socialists, right? Okay, so got it. Elon Musk responded with a laughing and one hundred emoji. So way to go. <laughs> Epic virtue signal fail. Imagine if we had to fight against smart people. Imagine how much more difficult our fight would be if we had a Jack Posobiec of the left. If we had smart people on the left who were actually good strategists and who didn't self-own so brutally. Luckily, Jack Persobic is of the right and is a freedom fighter. He's also an expert on China. He joins us now to talk about the lockdowns. Jack, what's up, my man? Benny, what can I say? It's been an incredible weekend seeing these images come out of Shanghai, um, not far from where I used to live, um, just literally the next district over from where I lived. Now, this is uh, happening in the French concession. I lived just north of the French concession when I was there for two years uh, prior to joining the military and getting involved in all of this. But um, it's it's amazing to me to see something like this go on across China. They're calling it, by the way, the white paper revolution and for anyone who hasn't seen this yet what it is is that mass protests have broken out across every single major city in mainland china they're now spreading to hong kong as well we're take, keeping an eye on taiwan to see if they spread there also many of the major universities uh Tsinghua university beida university in beijing these are the uh the harvard and mit of china these massive universities uh, extremely prestigious party universities party controlled universities where this is kicking off in some cases protesters going right through the center of shanghai and yes in some cases protesters even going just within a few miles of tiananmen square itself and i think everybody in the west understands the gravity of what I mean when I say and what it means when I say what the stakes are about mass protests coming towards Tiananmen Square. Uh, what this is, the white paper revolution, is no less than the largest mass uprising that we have seen in China since the events of Tiananmen Square. And it's more broadly spread out through the nation, is it not? Well, interestingly enough, the Tiananmen Square 
protests of 1989 were also widespread throughout the nation. It's just that back then we didn't have social media. We didn't have the ability for everyone outside of China to be able to see what's going on. And so there are scattered reports of protests that were going on in in Shanghai and Chengdu and many of these other internal uh, Western cities in China, Xi'an, for example. But the Western press was only really present in Beijing all the way back 33 years ago in 1989. So that's really the only one that we know about. So why does our institutional regime and dictator class always side with the Communist Chinese Party? George H.W. Bush, of course, famously struck a deal with the Chinese Communist Party after Tiananmen Square, didn't lend any support. Same thing is happening now with Joe Biden. Right. So, Benny, to understand the rise of globalism, the birth of globalism, you have to go back to the blood-soaked streets of Tiananmen Square and understand that that is where globalism came from. Because the Chinese Communist Party was on the ropes. The world saw what happened, and the world could have decided, by the way, to do what they did to Russia, as we just saw a few months ago, that they have the ability to do, to sanction them, to cut them off from every major financial exchange, uh, to say, we're not going to accept any of your trade, we're not going to do anything with you. But that's not what the Western ruling class did after the events of Tiananmen Square. No. Instead, they sent Brent Snowcroft, General Snowcroft, the NSC uh, chairman, the National Security Advisor under George H.W. Bush over to China. They had a secret meeting just about one month after the events of Tiananmen Square, which is June 4. So in July, Snowcroft goes over at the behest of Bush and says, look, here's how it's going to work. We're going to provide the capital. They'd been providing capital, Western capital, since the death of Chairman Mao because they realized that if they could turn on the engine of China as the slave labor workforce for the West and really for the entire world, then they could pay people slave wages, make the products that were currently being made in American factories and American manufacturing centers, then, like like the, the auto parts, for example, this is why Detroit turned out the way it did, then... The people in the middle, so the owners, the ownership class, the ruling class, the elites, they're making all the money off the top. Their bottom line grows exponentially, but it's the American people, the forgotten man and woman of the Midwest, of the South, of the Rust Belt. Those are the ones who get screwed over. But guess what? They're able to get cheap big screen TVs. They're able to get laptops and iPads and you know digital fentanyl in the form of cell phones. And so we don't care. And so this was the deal that was made in blood, the deal that was sealed in blood. And the birth of globalism came because they said, instead of pushing over the CCP and saying, we're never going to deal with you, you human rights violators, you insane moralistic freaks, to borrow a phrase from Jordan Peterson recently, instead they said, no, we're going to make a deal. And then what happened just 10 years after Tiananmen Square, they had to wait a little bit. Obviously, they had to wait a little bit for things to cool off. That begins China's accession to the World Trade Organization, 1999, that's formalized in 2001, early 2001. This paves the way for the rise of the global powerhouse of China as the manufacturing center of the entire world. All of this took place throughout the 90s. All of this took place after 2000. This was done by design. And that's what people need to understand. And I, I know your audience wants to go a little bit deeper than just the headlines. And that's why we talk about it this way, that it didn't have to be this way, but it was done out of greed. It was done out of corruption. And it was done really in a quest for just money and power by making a deal literally with the devil, the butchers of Beijing, the same people that you see today. And so this is why, by the way, when you see something like the Hunter Biden laptop, we understand. We understand why the Biden administration is playing footsie with the CCP right now. They're not going hard against them. Could you imagine if this were happening in Russia, by the way? Right? If this were happening in Russia, they'd be on every TV scene, screen, tearing their shirts, you know, tearing their breasts asunder, beating their chest. Uh, Putin must be destroyed. Putin must be a tyrant. But when it comes to the CCP, when it comes to the CCP, it says, we respect the right of people to protest and we disagree in general with the COVID, uh, zero COVID lockdown policies of China. It's, it's, it's the most mealy mouth, weak dis statement that you could get out of the White House. Plus, they add in something about how what we really encourage is for everyone to get vaccinated and boosted. So they just go right back to their talking points about vaccines and, and boosting because, number one, we've got Klaus Schwab on video how many times saying that he wants to replicate the China model across the West. And he uses as his name, his nomenclature for all of this, a strategy called the Great Reset. That's his replica 
of the CCP model across the entire West for total government. The concept of total government, total control of everything. We saw a taste of that during COVID. By the way, when it came to voting, notice that in a lot of these states, COVID voting never really turned off. COVID voting became the new normal. We're not allowed to question it anymore. And if you do, you get, a, you know, you get banned on social media, you get taken down. Number two, people need to realize that this is directly linked to the COVID lockdown policies. And this is a huge issue, not just for the United States, but also for the Trudeau government that just went after the truckers, that also for the government of the Netherlands and the World Economic Forum writ large because of the farmer problem that they faced just a few months ago, who I went over and I was able to speak to in the Netherlands. This happened because of a high-rise building. It all started last Thursday in while we were all sitting down, right, to our... Thanksgiving dinners on Thanksgiving Day, which obviously they don't celebrate in China. Well, some people do in some of the Western areas in Urumqi, China, which is actually the capital of Xinjiang province. Yeah, that Xinjiang. There was a high rise building that caught fire. That high rise building was under the draconian lockdown policies. No one was allowed to leave. People had been welded into their apartment buildings, families, children. This apartment caught fire on the 15th floor. Well, because the fire was so high up and because the building itself had been so barricaded, there's actually videos, Benny, of the fire crew trying to arrive and the water from the hoses not even being able to reach high enough because they can't get close enough to put out the fire because of the lockdowns had been so severe. Then you've got people that are making frantic phone calls from inside, families, screaming, open the doors, let us out, save us, save us. And you can actually hear in some of these, and, and I don't know if I want to even play the audio on my show, you know, it, for other shows, you hear people burning to death. You actually hear people burning to death, and this is murder. So when we talk about the bloody streets of Tiananmen Square, we can also talk about the burned families of Xinjiang that led to this. Now, it does seem to be, by the way, that this was one of the more uh, Han Chinese areas of Urumqi, not one of the uh, Uyghur areas of Urumqi. Now, there are, there's a few different neighborhoods of the city because China has been funneling so many Han Chinese out to Xinjiang over the years because they're trying to demographically replace them, essentially, in that's what they call it, by the way, not doing the whole Great Reset, blah, blah, blah thing that, uh, you know, that uh, they always accuse Tucker of saying. But they actually state this as their stated policy, that they want to move more Han Chinese. They did this to Tibet as well, uh, to Urumqi, China, in order to make it a Han Chinese city, ethnically speaking. And so this was an ethnic Chinese neighborhood where this took place. That doesn't take away from it, but it also adds to the tragedy that we've seen so much heaped upon the people of Xinjiang lately. And that's what sparked this movement. That's what sparked these protests, these horrific videos coming out. And I've posted someone on Twitter and across my platforms. We're going to be getting into it at Human Events Daily today. We're doing a special on it so that people can understand that it was these months and months of terror lockdowns, but then this burning building, which became the spark that lit the powder keg that we're now seeing across China. So we covered in detail for the first half hour of the show all of these videos that you're talking about. We showed the people being locked in their apartments. We showed the burned down buildings. We showed the creepy Orwellian police Good. drones. Good. And we showed the protests, the white paper, and so on. And we also showed an, a, an incredible badass clip that I just have to play one more time in the program. I have to play it because it is my favorite clip. It is the Soup Ninja. Uh, kicking down his COVID barriers that were put up outside yes. of his restaurant. His restaurant, yeah. The Soup Ninja needs to become famous. He needs I love his this own guy. Marvel series, uh, or DC probably would be a better fit for him. Uh, and he needs, he need, like, this man needs more uh, prominence. Now, we've played all these videos. This is the only one I'm going to play twice because this man is a hero. Let's play the tape. So what he's saying there is uh, last night we closed up, we were clean, we had been checked, we were perfectly safe last night. I arrived this morning and I find my, my restaurant's been totally, um, you know, barricaded. He's, he's gesturing to the barricades. Um, that it's been barricaded like this. And so I've always kept my certifications. I've always kept my, you know, your, my health department checks. I've always kept all uh, kept up with all of my health regulations. And so if you're going to do like this, 
in and he's he's using a play on words he's saying if you're going to do this in uh in the name of helping me well then you know what i'm gonna have to help myself and that's when he starts smashing it i guess my final question to you jack is that and my final takeaway from this is we have no moral superiority in the west because we did this to our own businessmen we did this to our own small business men and women we did this to our country and we locked down for two weeks two months two years depending two on where you lived ended. we did this to our own people people did die during lockdowns we've seen the acceleration of every bad trend in america due to the lockdowns these spikes in loneliness and depression and we saw also of course protests bloody protests in our streets that were widely fomented due to lockdowns and so it does make you wonder how close they are to realizing their goals of a world economic forum, one world global government that is China model, because they were able to successfully execute a China style lockdown on us. Um, even here in Florida, where I'm broadcasting right now, was locked down for a couple of weeks. Uh, it is uh, truly malevolent. And I suppose the most important thing is to look at this as a, through Western eyes. We always look at these other countries through Western eyes and say, oh, it can't happen here or we're somehow morally superior. No, we're not, actually. We did this too. And shame on us. I think, Benny, what you see here, though, is this idea that freedom and individual freedom is universal. This mm -hmm. idea that yes. uh, if you push yes. a group of people far enough, if you push them hard enough, and and yes. even if you have the uh, the goodwill of the people, even if you say, well, we're you know it's just two weeks, right? And I think there were a lot of people, by the way, and and to be fair, I think there were a lot of people early on who said, fine, it's just two weeks. There's a virus. We don't know what China did. We don't know what was released. We're going to be careful. Let's take the two weeks. But that goodwill runs out, and then people realize that they're in a cage. People realize that they're trapped, and it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what part of the world you live in, that eventually at one point when you realize, maybe, maybe, maybe it's too late for some countries, but there will always be more of us than there are of them. And if the people of China, who know the stakes, by the way, they absolutely know the stakes in China, if they can protest and demand their freedom, then so can we, and it serves as an inspiration. And so I want to remind people that even though the events of Tiananmen Square in 1989 did not lead to the overthrow of the party, that was a spark, even then, in 1989, that led to the fall of the Berlin Wall, that led two years later to the dissolution of the Soviet Union, that led to the outbreak of freedom across the entire world. And so the people of China were able to do that in 1989, and I hope and pray that God willing, they're able to do that now, 33 years later. Yeah, God, from your mouth to God's ears, man. Thank you for translating the soup ninja for us. <laughs> uh, and Jack, please, please be a regular on the show during this news cycle. Nobody understands it better than you. I, uh, I've, I've forgot that you're fluent in this language, and so. Uh, well, there's a you know there's a line by the way that a lot of people have been saying that I'll, I'll have to leave everyone list with, and it goes, "Chilai buyao." And what that is, is arise those who refuse to become slaves. Hmm. And what's amazing is that's actually the first line of the Chinese national anthem. See, the problem is when you have a revolutionary movement that it comes to a point where the revolutionary rhetoric gets to be turned on the regime itself. And that's what we're seeing. So, chi lai, chi lai, chi lai. Rise, rise, rise. God bless you, Jack. Thank you. Thanks, Benny. God bless, man. Man, we love having experts on the show, and we love bringing you, and this is the reason for this show, bringing you the actual insight from people who, like, Jack should be on every single broadcast news network right now. He is an expert in this part of the world. He is someone who has lived in this part of the world. But instead, you'll get Don Lemon on CNN. So... Turn them off and come on over here because we will give you the truth and we will go out of our way and demand that you be informed. And the best thing that you can have, the way that you prevent a China 
from taking hold here is an informed populist, is a group of people that actually care about this place enough to do something about it. And luckily, we know what to do. We have to make sure that people like Joe Biden do not gain power any longer in this country. Creepy Joe Biden creeping along in Nantucket this weekend. He went to a multi-million dollar mansion with his family, of course, Joe Biden. Nobody acts like acts like royalty more than the Bidens. Nobody, no American president in history has more acted like a king than Joe Biden. And he was all holed up in a $20 million mansion on a private island over the Thanksgiving holiday. But he gave us a gift nonetheless. Joe Biden took this deeply creepy selfie with these terrified looking girls. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> oh man oh there's joe oh god hi said one of the children oh god oh no oh there's joe run that's what that's what they were that's what they were trying to say Be, they used it to call this a peeping tom in my day wrote someone on twitter yep that's right this is not normal stop trying to normalize this another creepy old man I wrote another Instagram user. Yeah, yikes, Joe. What a, ugh, God. Also, clean your windows in Nantucket. Come on, people. Clean your windows. Gross. Like, again, Joe Biden, Mr. Leftist, goes to retreat for the holidays to probably one of the most homogenous, white, elitist locations in America. This is where he chooses to spend his alone time, not to the border, not to a community that could be ravaged by fentanyl in Indiana or Ohio, not to anywhere that you would be allowed or you could be uh, owning a home. Joe Biden himself has multiple beach homes. Did you know this? They're in Delaware. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a ruling class. And unfortunately, Thanksgiving, the pilgrims trying to get away from the predations of a king on their human rights, well, we have created a kingly class here. We have created a royalty class here in this country. And it is time for the power to go back to the people. We are not serfs. We are not slaves. And as Jack beautifully said there, rise, rise, all you who do not wish to be slaves. I certainly don't speak Mandarin. Wouldn't try. I can barely get through the menu at the uh, uh, local China buffet. But I'll tell you this, man, we support the soup ninja. We support the freedom fighters. Freedom is a universal language, and it's a language that's going to win. We shall win because our priorities are in order. God, family, country. These are the same priorities that the Chinese have right now as they fight and behave far braver than any of us have ever behaved in our lifetimes, I think, unless you are some veteran watching this who's seen combat far, far braver than many in America. They are risking it all risking it all to stand up to dictatorship, and we stand with them. We are free men and women. We were designed that way by our creator, and we're going to stay that way because we fight, and we're going to fight on this show. Offense, offense, offense all the time. No more crying. No more apologizing. Let's go. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show.